Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Great to be with you. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground already today. Uh, if you missed any part of it, we had uh, Abby Cox and her husband, the lieutenant governor, uh, in studio today uh, talking about uh, an op-ed that she wrote over the weekend uh, about giving birth as a surrogate uh, to her sister-in-law. It's a fascinating story, powerful story. Uh, make sure you, you check that out on Deseret.com. Uh, we also just had the Representative Chris Stewart uh, on the line with us, an important conversation. He's convening today at the University of Utah around mental health and uh, so much that we need to continue to do. Uh, and, and I will put out the call again. If you're struggling today, reach out. Uh, if you're doing well today, Uh, Think about some of the people that you work with, some of the people in your family, your neighborhood, who you might need to reach out to. Uh, This is all of us uh, getting together as it relates to mental health and so much, so much that needs to be done, so many crucial conversations. Uh, We've all got to be engaged and help people realize they're not alone in this battle and in this uh, challenge. Also, I just want to tip our cap to some of our texters today, and you can always do that on the Utah Community Credit Union text line, 57500. I had a couple come in uh, just before our conversation with Representative Stewart, and uh, uh, one of our texters said, "Uh, I agree. In my house, I'm a registered Republican. My daughter is a registered Democrat. Uh, We're both able to debate and come to a consensus on ways we both can have a portion of what we want. Congress works best working together. Love that. Uh, Appreciate that text coming in. Also had one text that said, how can we change the rhetoric in the country with the rhetoric of the current president? Uh, And while I have been very critical of the president for for much of his rhetoric and what he has added uh, in terms of gasoline to the fire, uh, I think it's important for all of us. And again, I don't care what your political persuasion is, whether you are left, right, center, or anything in between. uh, The problem we have in the country right now is not a political polarization problem. It's a contempt problem. This problem did not start with President Trump, and it will not end uh, whenever he is no longer in office. Uh, This is a we the people problem, and we need to not look to Washington to set the example. We need to demand it and live it ourselves uh, if we're ever going to expect it out of anybody else. And I think that's just a crucial part of this conversation. Uh, you, can, you can't brand this onto a political party or any politician. This isn't about a candidate or a campaign. This is about us and how we choose to speak to each other. We talked about this earlier in the program. I think the Chief Justice last night in the well of the United States Senate in a very somber, very serious occasion, uh, the impeachment of a president, the proceedings were going on, and he stopped and he scolded everybody. 
And I don't think he was talking to the House managers and the president's defense team. I don't think he was talking to the 100 senators sitting in front of him or the people in the gallery or the people watching on TV. This was a message to the people of this country that we've got to do better. We need to speak in a way that promotes civility and positive, elevated, higher level dialogue. We have to expect that of ourselves. And I applaud the Supreme Court Justice for calling us all out on it. Uh, late in the night last night. Uh, and that brings me to my my last point today. You know, a lot of us have been watching uh, what's been going on uh, in the Senate. Uh, some of us were crazy enough to stay up late into the night to watch it all unfold. More people are watching now. They're just underway. They're in the first hour of the House managers laying out their case against the president. That will go on for eight hours today, eight hours tomorrow, eight hours the next day. Then the defense will have 24 hours of their own over three days. Uh, And as we've been watching that, and again, a lot of people have been ignoring it, probably rightly so, uh, we're we're, kind of glued. We're kind of trying to figure out what this means. And the the process is slow. Uh, The arguments have been long, (laughs) way too long in some cases. Uh, Votes have been evenly divided on uh, party lines. Uh, I mentioned to you starting last week that the numbers for the Senate trial are 53 and 47. Most of the votes will be on party line, sadly. Uh, We've had arguments for and against different rules, different witnesses, different procedures. And all of this over the last few days has yielded very little uh, in terms of light for the American people. And how do we actually move forward? So there has been one thing I have learned one thing that I know for certain that's emerged over the last few hours in the United States Senate. Uh, It's the only thing I think I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. And it's something, it's something that actually could move the country forward in the days and years ahead. So this is what I've learned. This is the one thing I know for absolute certainty this far into the impeachment trial. And it is that the senators from both parties can actually sit at their desks in the well of the Senate for hours at a time without their smartphones and actually listen to and engage in a debate and a conversation on critical issues. Who knew? They, they can do that. Uh, now, some people may th- think that's just kind of a cheeky poke at the politicians. Uh, but sadly, the entire Senate, all 100 Senate senators, have not been all present in the chamber for this length of time. You could even take all of the time the Senate has been in session over the last decade, and it would not add up to the 13 hours when all 100 senators were present yesterday alone. Think about that. The last time we had senators sitting at their desk for this length of time, sadly, was 1999, uh, during the last impeachment trial of President Clinton. So with the exception of, a, of an occasional all-nighter, sometimes during a budget battle, you'd see uh, the senators there. But even then, they weren't all sitting at their desks and, and uh, ad, ad, attentive and engaged in something. Uh, sadly, what's happened is the, the Senate chamber is usually empty. And there's actually kind of an echo there. Uh, The chamber has become more like a production studio for members of the Senate to pontificate and bloviate and placate their supporters. Uh, It has not been the place for elevated dialogue that we've been talking about. It surely has not been the place for rigorous debate. And and sadly, if you if you watch the well of the Senate from home, you know, you'll see a a senator delivering a a great speech and impassioned, powerful speech. 
But if the cameras pulled back at all, you would see that the only person that senator is talking to is whoever the presiding officer is, and then a few very beleaguered Senate pages and staffers who have no choice but to sit and listen. So mostly the speeches that we we see on video clips, on social media, on the news, uh, they're they're just solo acts. It's a monologue, and the words echo, and they echo pretty hollow, actually, uh, in the well of the Senate. And when you think about what the purpose of that chamber is, it was created so that duly elected senators could have a conversation in front of the American people and that there could be both sides could debate, they could compromise, they could vote, really radical stuff, and ultimately get to the best solution for the American people. Uh, but that's not where we are today. I mean, most of these are just empty chambers. So it's worth considering. It's worth considering how members of Congress would act differently or how they change their behavior if rather than just racing to all these meetings with lobbyists, uh, if the senators actually had to spend, uh, I'm willing to compromise here, if the senators were just willing to sit at their desks for three hours a day, three hours a day, they've shown they can do it for 13 hours. Why not just three hours a day, even two hours a day? where they could actually have a real debate, a real conversation, real meaningful votes, not these fake fights and false choice and stuff that gets done in the middle of the night. Have it in front of the American people. So the impeachment trial is going to continue on for days and days. We've got a long ways to go on this. But it should, it should, if nothing else, it should serve as proof that we can't actually assemble all 100 senators, and that they can sit there without their smartphones and their electronic devices for a few hours at a time and have a real conversation in front of the American people rather than just listening uh, and giving these speeches to the, the empty chamber. Because that's a haunting echo. Uh, I'll be honest, I remember the, the first speech that I worked on when I got to Washington. Senator worked on it really hard. The staff had done great work. Uh, I sort of felt like it was a scene out of the West Wing. You know, we were marching over to the well of the Senate and the senator was going to deliver this, deliver this awesome speech. And we walked in there and I sat down on the, the bench where the staffers get to sit. And the, the senator rose to give the speech and look around and there was nothing. There were maybe six Senate pages sitting on the steps and the person presiding in the chair and a few other staffers roaming around. He he gave a speech to an audience of zero. And so we have to we have to get past that. Uh, imagine what we could do for the country if even starting small. I'm willing to go to even two hours a day. I'd prefer three. But if two hours a day, all 100 senators were required to be at their desks in the well of the Senate, that they could actually have a real debate. A real back and forth, not shooting zingers, paying attention to what Chief Justice John Roberts said yesterday, to have a real conversation. If we could do that, that'd be good for the country. And if rather than just returning to the usual speechifying and bloviating and all of the political shenanigans that we see senators do, what if we spoke to, what if those senators spoke to and worked with each other and did the business of the American people.
If that is the only lesson that we can get out of this impeachment proceeding, it would be worthwhile. It would change the direction of the country. That's going to wrap it up for us today on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you today. And as you go out into the world today, remember, as always, to see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something today that makes a difference. Mm-hmm.